Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 7th of September. We start with a tragic story out of Sydney this morning where five teenagers, one believed to be as young as 14, have been killed in a horror crash in the city's southwest overnight. A crime scene has been established with specialist police now investigating. Our reporter Madeline Palmer has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. Emergency services were called to the suburb of Buxton around 8 o'clock last night following reports a ute had swerved off the road and hit a tree. Three female and two male passengers, all believed to be teenagers, sadly died at the scene. The 18-year-old driver managed to survive the impact and was taken to Liverpool Hospital with head injuries. Police Superintendent Paul Fuller says counselling will be offered to first responders. We've been in the the police for 38 years and it's one of the worst accident scenes I've ever come across. An investigation into the circumstances surrounding the crash is now underway, but anyone with dashcam footage of the area or information about the incident is urged to call Crime Stoppers. In other news this Wednesday morning, the Reserve Bank has again increased the official cash rate for the fifth month in a row. It raised the official figure yesterday by 50 basis points to 2.35%, with the major banks expected to pass that on to customers today. Treasurer Jim Chalmers says it doesn't make it easier for many Australians struggling right now. This is tough. This will tighten the screws on family budgets. This will put more pressure on a lot of Australians who are already stretched enough. And we'll have expert analysis about what the future holds for rates coming up shortly in business and finance with Scott Phillips. More industrial action today. This time, thousands of childcare workers across the country are walking off the job. Early education workers at hundreds of centres will take part in widespread rallies demanding better paying conditions and for children to be put before profits. Helen Gibbons from the United Workers Union says employees are leaving the industry at record rates. It's time for change. Enough is enough. This is an unsustainable uh, system uh, with... Uh, too many parents and enrolments being turned away. Meantime, many parents have mixed feelings about today's industrial action. Demands are always getting raised, I guess. The level of quality and the expectation of care. It's the future of our children. There's nothing really more integral than that. Whilst they do deserve more pay, that shouldn't be passed on to parents. Um, that's not the answer uh, by increasing fees. To South Australia now, where an Adelaide man is set to face court today, charged with the murder of a 51-year-old grandmother, which has rocked a small community. Police were called to the house in the city's southwest yesterday morning, where the woman's body was found. A 33-year-old man has been arrested. Overseas and Liz Truss has delivered her first speech as British Prime Minister after being sworn in by the Queen overnight. Britain's third female PM promising to invest in better paying jobs and to reduce the burden on families. She's also thanked Boris Johnson who announced his resignation in July after a number of scandals. Let me pay tribute to my predecessor. Boris Johnson delivered Brexit, the Covid vaccine and stood up to Russian aggression. History will see him as a hugely consequential Prime Minister. While Mr Johnson has offered a bizarre take on his time as PM during his farewell speech. Let me say that I am now like one of those booster rockets that has fulfilled its function 
and I will now be gently re-entering the atmosphere and splashing down invisibly in some remote and obscure corner of the Pacific. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Of course, Scott, interest rates dominating the discussions today. And as we mentioned earlier, they've jumped again for the fifth month in a row. A lot of pain for a lot of people. Tash, good morning. It is. It's not good news, is it? We should say there is some element of for some Australians getting more for their savings. So it's never just a one-way street, but you're right. The absolute impact in size, scale and frankly severity is going to hurt those households with large debt piles. It is the fifth rise in a row, as you say. The RBA is saying they were basically committed to achieving price stability, which they say, quote, was a prerequisite for a strong economy and a sustained period of full employment. They also, though, basically say they're not going to stop. This is the, this is the real challenge. Uh, they say that the path to achieving this balance is a narrow one and clouded in uncertainty, not least because of global developments. But here's the reality. If you're on a $750,000 mortgage, you're going to pay an extra 200 bucks a month after this one. The total, though, since May, $920 a month. If you've got a million-dollar mortgage, well, that's a large amount of money, but some people do, particularly if you're in Sydney or Melbourne. Um, that's an extra 300 bucks a month as a result of this one. And a total of 1200 bucks a month since May, that's the best part of 15 grand a year. And I've got to say, terrible for households. Also, the reality, and the RBA knows this as well, that money's coming from somewhere. Now, maybe it's coming from savings, maybe it's coming from investing or something else, but it's also going to come out of the economy. These people were spending that money five months ago, at least in large part, that's simply going to get sucked out of the economy, and that is the real risk if the RBA goes too hard. And, Scott, as we know, there will be more rate rises on the way. There has been a lot of criticism of the Reserve Bank and especially the Governor, Philip Lowe, who, of course, promised that the circumstances wouldn't be around to increase rates until much later. So should have the Reserve Bank gone harder and sooner? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I want to be a little bit fairer to Philip Lowe. He didn't promise they wouldn't increase till 2024. He said he thought the circumstances wouldn't happen till 2024. Now, some people say, well, of course, that means it's what he said. And it kind of that's a reasonable assumption. He should have come out and been, been more clear in the interim. Putting it in the Reserve Bank minutes in some language that was unclear was the biggest mistake. That being said, the second biggest one, as you ask, is the fact they didn't increase rates quickly enough. They shouldn't have been this low, frankly, when we got to COVID. So this is a problem that goes back five or six years. They should have done more then, and we should have started from a higher point. And I think, as you say, we could have, particularly with more government support. Remember, we bagged the RBA, but mm. fiscal policy, tax and spend policy is a really important part of this as well. And I think government has been asleep at the wheel. I mean, the RBA had to do what it did because it was left carrying the can. The adults left the room and the RBA said, well, I guess we've got to do something here, guys. So it's not just an RBA problem, but yeah, they made some really, really significant mistakes. We also, by the way, shouldn't have let house prices get away. And this is at the foot of government and the banking regulator who should have said, hey, rates are at 0.1%. You can lock in a 2% fixed rate. Let's make sure we don't let that translate into higher house prices. They didn't. And so people who took out a loan in the last two or three or four years paid sky-high prices and now, unfortunately, yes. they're having to cope with sky-high interest rates. Certainly going to be a bumpy ride ahead. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. A player, Nick Kyrgios, once branded a pelican, now stands in his way of making the US Open semi-finals for the first time. He might have to offer a bag of hot chips. Yeah, good morning to you, Tash. Yeah, look, I don't think there are many players on the tour that uh, Nick Kyrgios hasn't had a social media spat with, and Karen Kachanov is no exception. Two years ago, they had a back and forth on Twitter about uh, Andy Murray's decision to play at the French Open. There's a whole other story to do with that, but we don't have enough time to explain. But the important thing is, they play this morning at the US Open in the quarterfinals and there are no Grand Slam winners left in the draw. Rafael Nadal knocked out yesterday. There's no Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic at this tournament so we will have a first time winner and Nick Kyrgios is now the favourite. We'll see how he handles the pressure of that. Before he's on court though his uh, ex-girlfriend Isla Tomjanovic meets fifth seed Ons Jabeur in the quarterfinals. The first time in 38 years as we mentioned yesterday we've had two Australians uh, get this deep at the US Open. And there's been a lot of speculation about who would get this massive multi-billion dollar deal for the AFL rights and now it's been locked in. It certainly has. Seven and Foxtel are forking out $4.5 billion. Wow. Uh, they've retained the rights. Uh, nine came hard for this. Uh, Channel 10 and Paramount also uh, put in a bid at, at one stage. So it stays with Seven and Foxtel. Now, Foxtel wanted some exclusive games. There'll be eight Super Saturdays on KO and Fox Sports. Uh, Triple M's James Brayshaw, who commentates both on radio and also for Channel 7, says it secures the game's future for the best part of a decade. The two years to go on the current deal and then another seven. So locked away for nine, nine years, if you don't mind. I think the alliance between Fox yes. and Seven was very strong. And another update on Christian Petrarca. The Demon Star has trained twice this week. Amazingly, has that uh, hairline fracture in his leg and is growing in confidence every day. He will play the Lions in that knockout final on Friday night. Yeah, incredible. To the NRL now, Brett, and it's been slammed for the suspension. It's dished out to a young Panther star for an off-field incident. Yeah, a Wendell Saylor, who is a Queensland and Broncos legend, of course, and played at uh, the Dragons, among other clubs, believes that Taylor May got a slap on the wrist from the NRL. The young Panthers winger was found guilty of assault in relation to an incident at a Queensland pub last year. The NRL then handed out a two-game ban, but he can serve that next year, meaning he's free to play in the finals. And Saylor says he can consider himself very lucky. That's rugby league for you, mate. They just make their own rules up as they go along. In final selection news, the Sharks have named CSC for Telekai for their final against the Cowboys despite the centre battling an ankle injury. A teammate Ronaldo Mulatalo is confident he will play. Nah, he's just carrying on, I reckon. You know what they're like. Outside backs. Nah, he's good. I think um, medical staff got to sort that all out. I'm just there to do my job. I hope he's good. He's scary. I like having scary people next to me. And Australia's playing New Zealand in a one-day series at the moment. Beat them by two wickets in game one yesterday. Another failure though for Aaron Finch. Tash dismissed for just five runs. Gosh, so much going on in the world of sport. Thanks so much for the Brett. Thank you, Tash. And the Seekers lead singer Judith Durham has been farewelled at a state memorial in Melbourne overnight. Thousands of fans turned up for the special service with many famous faces also paying tribute, including Jimmy Barnes. Judith was an integral part of my upbringing. I heard her on the radio and I sang along with her, along with millions of other Australians and people all over the world. The Wiggles on stage to play a rendition of one of the Seekers' hit songs. We'd like to sing Morning Town Ride as a tribute to the wonderful Judith Durham, uh, who meant so much to us. One, two, three, four.
Judith Durham passed away last month, aged 79. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.